Do they still call you Hat Paul? Well, <laughs> that, was, that, was, that was her her invention. She's a very uh, imaginative. I always wore hats, and she called me Hat Paul. But um, pretty much all of them have have come up with Grandpa Roberts. Yeah. Uh, Voices, the mental health podcast, raising unanswered questions, sharing unanswered prayers. We are faith-based, peer-led, story-driven, and stigma-breaking. I am Tony Roberts. I am Eric Riddle. And we are Revealing Voices. Hi, this is Eric Riddle. This is a bit of a old school episode during the week of Tony's uh, transition from Columbus to New York, where he'll be living now uh, with his daughter and her family on, on their farm. And uh, we had a, a big week. Tony and I recorded a full interview, which you'll hear on this podcast. Uh, but here to, to start the episode, we have reflections from friends and family that attended Tony's going away party on, uh, on Wednesday, December the 6th, 2023. To prompt people for their responses, I asked them the question, what does Tony mean to you? Hello, this is Tony Roberts with Revealing Voices at my going away party. Uh, going to move into a tiny house, as we talked about. And some people are going to share a little bit. And I have with me one of my friends, Michael Riles. Hi, everyone. <laughs> um, so I was in the hospital uh, in 2022 um, for a near suicide attempt, um, wrestling with a divorce and bipolar disorder and... Um, when I was in the hospital in Columbus, I, I found one of Tony's book, his first book, and it was really encouraging to me. Found out later that my parents had sold their house to him um, when they moved a few years ago and uh, got to know Tony. And Tony's just been a great friend, very encouraging. And when I uh, had a major manic episode earlier this year, um, Tony sacrifices time, his his sleep, his money, um, to help me out, um, when I was in a tough situation and just continued to encourage me to go the right way. So I really appreciate it, Tony. I'm going to miss him a lot. I'm glad to see you're on the right path, Michael. No, thank you. Uh, my name is Bart Jones. I've known Tony since he, uh, gave his, uh, talk at the library a long time ago. I walked up to him. I said, I, I got schizophrenia, you know, and and we talked for a minute, and he signed the book I bought, and and then uh, and then we just got to know each other, and then he he uh, founded uh, F uh, Faithful Friends, and I uh, uh, he wanted me, tr kept bugging me to to come to to the meetings for about six months, and I finally went, and I've been going ever since, and I've been it's really helped me a lot, so. So I really appreciate Tony. He's a good friend, and 
and I love him, and I hope he does well in, in uh, New York, and, and uh, uh, I wish him well. What does Tony mean to me? Hi, I'm April, Tony's sister. Um, I think I just want to say that I'm super grateful that I have had this opportunity for Tony to live here in Indiana uh, for a little over a decade. Uh, growing up, Tony and I kind of went our separate ways, did our own things as uh, siblings. We really didn't connect a whole lot. And then I married very early. Tony uh, did his own thing. We just went our separate ways. So it's been such a blessing to have him here, uh, to really get to know one another as brother and sister. Um, I'm just amazed at um, his intelligence, his um, advocacy, his drive to continue to get the message out about mental health, mental wellness. Um, and spirituality in the church. Um, I'm so proud of him for all that he's done. Even in the challenging times, he continues to push through. Um, I'm grateful for the friendships and for the support systems that he develops. And um, I think that I'm really grateful that he has this opportunity to move to New York to be closer to his daughter and her family and get to enjoy all of those grandkids. Uh, a time to uh, just kind of step back a little bit and reflect and um, maybe live a little bit more simpler life. Um, being able to put his family in the forefront of that. And I think that's all. Okay, what Tony means to me is uh, a friend, a leader in the community. Um, Tony's a creative uh, artist, writer, uh, deep thinker, someone who's humble, funny, and um, is there for vulnerable people in difficult times. Um, this person who gives a lot of love and uh, to many and will be missed by the people of Columbus. And now I'm here with Bruce Riddle, Eric's father. Okay. So I'm going to talk about what uh, Tony means to me. And uh, I think it starts with he started Faithful Friends, which has been very helpful to many people. And I'd say it really helped me because I was wasted and alone and yeah, I was terrible. And so Helpful Friends helped and then Tony and Eric asked me to be a leader, I thought. Well, I was still depressed, so you're not too confident when you're that way. So I was like, oh, can I do that? I don't know. So they made me do it. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. And so I've enjoyed that a lot, too. Yes. Um, and, and now I'll say what Bruce has mean, meant to me, which is 
since I don't have a vehicle anymore, I've retired from driving. Bruce has graciously volunteered to uh, uh, take me to Jill's Diner to have lunch, and I do treat for lunch, but... Uh, That's what he means to me, is Jill's <laughs> Diner. <laughs> <laughs> and take run errands. Yeah. Yeah. It's been great, We've Bruce. got more than that going on, Tony. Yeah, we've got a lot. We've got, we've got a good friendship. That's right. Um, IU basketball. I won't let you get away. No. Nope. You'll have to come to the Hall of Fame in Cooperstown sure. to, to see a Cardinals. And I'll stay in your extra bedroom. Yeah. I don't have an extra bedroom. <laughs> That's <laughs> so what I think. It's figured. a tiny house, but it's uh, the the family does. Yeah. Well. So. I'd find. You're always place. welcome. Yeah. Hey, Tony. Thanks so much for uh, founding Faithful Friends and bringing us all together, um, so that we can and could uh, share our. Um, experiences with mental illness in a very non-threatening environment and hear what other people have to say about it. Uh, thanks, too, for um, writing your books and for being very supportive of all of us. All right. Well, um, Tony means to me uh, a lot. He's a person who um, can take vulnerability and share it in a way that makes, uh, um, I guess it's like, uh, it's gives a contagious energy to, um, to people who, uh, who need it the most and, um, who can look at, um, his experiences and, and, and how far he's come and, and, can can grow from them and uh it's i think it's amazing to have uh someone who can um just express himself openly and honestly and and to our community and uh and i i just i appreciate him very much um he's i've looked up to him for a while ever since like the living room I've gone through some 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 ups and downs but um everyone knows Tony you know <laughs> he's it's a great name and uh so I I just uh he means a lot and uh I I wish wish him the best and uh and yeah I I I just wish him the best so Tony Roberts, Eric Riddle. It, it's really good to be back on on the mic with you. The first and last recording in Studio B in Brookside Court. Yes, yes. This has been my um, uh, home uh, with Briley for about five months, and we'll talk more about it. But as of Saturday, I am moving for good. 
Tony's moving. Moving all the way to uh, the Adirondacks in New York. Uh, um, going to a tiny house uh, on the property of my family, my daughter, son-in-law, and five grandchildren. Um, not far from Cooperstown, uh, where the baseball Hall of Fame is, and uh, yeah. beautiful lakes, beautiful mountains. Go Cardinals. Well, we'll, <laughs> we'll root on the Reds for that. <laughs> but you you will have to come up when yeah. Albert Pujols and Javier Molina, is uh, that his name? Yadier Molina, the yeah. catcher, yeah, retired yeah. A, a year ago. They'll be, they retired the same year, didn't they? They did. So, yeah. That'd would, be fun. Wouldn't surprise me if they both made it in the, the same time. Yes. I was recently out in New York, in upstate New York, with my wife for our 11th wedding anniversary. And it is just a beautiful, yeah. beautiful place. Uh, you know, I yeah. think a lot of people just kind of think of New York City, and then there's the rest of the state. You know, if you've really never been out there, it's it's a, just incredibly beautiful. Jenna and I went to... Um, uh, Letchworth State Park, which they call the the Grand Canyon of the East, and that's a legitimate claim. I mean, it was a really beautiful yeah. place. And where I will be, there will be both mountains and lakes. There will be, uh, you know, hilly terrain. I'll have my my porch, which which I'm go- going to ultimately uh, screen in. And be able to sit out there, drink coffee, and watch the eastern sun or the sunrise in the east over over the mountains. Hey, man. Yeah, it's going to be great. It's a good way to be. It's going to be great. I'm going to miss this guy. We, we, we were just uh, looking back at at the hike, the uh, the podcast, and yes. we started in February of 2018. That's right. So a little over five and a half years ago, and this will be the 82nd recording. That's right. and uh, I'm really proud of that. We've really evolved and had some, um, uh, some, some creative differences at the beginning <laughs> on length and uh, you know, a few other topics, but we've, you know, our friendship is strong and we uh, you know, we really had some great moments in the interviews, you know, early on interviewing Amy Simpson, Sarah Lund, uh, uh, along the way, uh, we've, you know, interviewed so many others. I don't want to name too many names because, um, I'll leave so many out, but, um, and it'll continue. We, we are going to, uh, take maybe a month or so break while I move. Mm-hmm. Um, Eric will <clears throat> do the podcasts or the high casts episodes when when he is able in his schedule. Yeah, um, and a, a, a quick one. Getting back to New York. Yes, Jen and I stayed at at Silver Lake. Silver Lake, about an hour from Buffalo, mm-hmm. and. Really good haiku territory. Oh, yeah. And it was a full moon. And I have this 
life goal of watching a full moon rise. And I had a hunch I was going to see it on this lake. And I, I kayaked out in the middle of the lake. I hung out for like an hour. It was wonderful. I watched the sunset. Uh, but the moon wasn't coming up. And it just so happened at this place we were staying, really kind of a centric place, they had a uh, sauna. And so we had a, a date in the sauna for, for 9 p.m. And you're supposed to take a shower before you go in the sauna. So I'm like, ah, man, I don't know what's up with the moon. I'm going to go in, take the shower, so I can prepare for the sauna. Well, I go in... You know, take the shower, get ready to go to the sun, and I come back out to the lake, and there's the moon, <laughs> full moon, clear sky, and it looked, I mean, it was, it was beautiful. Mm -hmm. Don't get me wrong, but I, I didn't get to see it actually uh, rise from the yeah. horizon. But that being said, I, I wrote what I think might be my favorite haiku ever. Do you have it memorized? I, I would have to look look it up. Okay, but I, I I will tell you, watching that sun rise, not the sun, the moon rise, mm -hmm. and watching its reflection on the lake was, I mean, it was just like mm. one of the most beautiful moments, really nice. natural moments of my Columbus life. is going to be one of the epicenters for the moon eclipse. I know, right? uh, isn't it In the April, moon eclipse? In April, a, a, is there a, a, a sun? A total eclipse where it'll be a blackout. It'll be in a the blackout. middle of the day. Wow! And we're in the what they call the zone of totality. Zone of totality. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yes, and I didn't really know this was happening, but then I was with some people doing a an outdoor event, and it was like the talk of everyone. Yeah. Like the tourism and the traffic and all this stuff, and I, I guess it's the real deal, man. Yeah, people get up for this stuff. I uh, have to say apologies to Les Rust. We had Les on our program yeah. once. He was coming in April to stay with me, and uh, and view it. Okay, know? and uh, now I'm gonna be gone. So, uh, well, sorry, maybe you Les. could do your return book tour. <laughs> well, in April. Well. If that doesn't conflict with my other commitment in Philadelphia, I'll consider that. Right. That would be... Uh, I, I am Tony's uh, book agent. <laughs> That's right. Here in Columbus. Press secretary. The, the or, press secretary. Or travel secretary, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, that's that's news. Um, Eric graciously, you know, when he saw the book that's out now, Hope for Troubled Minds, um, and he and his wife, Jen, have, have letters in there to each other. Um, <clears throat> and he was very moved at, at the quality of the book and the, um, you know, 330 pages of, of letters from a wide variety of people and perspectives. And, uh, he basically called me up and said, what can I do to help? And, it couldn't have come at a better time because um, I really want Columbus to be our headquarters. It's it's named in the book as the headquarters. Mm. Um, 
most of my board is for delight and disorder for delight ministries. and disorder ministries, which is the publisher. And uh, most of the board are from Indiana and generally Bloomington, uh, Vernon, and Indianapolis, Columbus area. Uh, so Eric is going to make sure that Viewpoint Books has stocks uh, our book, the signed copies, and I will ship them to him. Um, and then, as you say... Um, when spring rolls around, whenever the the date is uh, set, have uh, uh, readings. Um. Yes. So I, I kind of jumped ahead of this thing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Tony has a new book out. Yes. Yes. It's called Hope for Troubled Minds. Yes. And it's incredible. It's really been a, a passion project for at least a couple years. Yeah, probably goes back to five years, but it's been yes. every day for the last yes couple of years. Yeah, and he's been doing the proverbial chasing of cats, <laughs> which Jen and I were two of the cats, <laughs> and it it's a very intimate book. Right, and so it, it's all designed, almost all designed as letters, right? And so the chapters, I'll just go through real quick, um, are to children, so parents writing to their children. Chapter two is to the parents, so it's children writing to the parents. To the partners, which is where Jen and I are at, where we... I wrote a letter to Jen, my wife, she wrote one to me, talking about just our experience of, of me having a mental health diagnosis and, you know, how that's helped us grow and mature. Uh, the next one is to the siblings, letters to siblings. Chapter five is to God, self, and others. Mm -hmm. Chapter six is... I think it's poetry. Song it? lyrics. Or song lyrics. Yeah. Yes. And chapter seven is poetry. Yeah. So I, I I am almost through chapter one. There's a lot of there's a lot of letters from parents to their children and it's it's very moving. We almost had I think there were over a hundred entries total mm -hmm. by almost a hundred individuals there were some that had songs and letters you know one of each mm -hmm. or you know uh yeah very pleased with the response but it was like pulling teeth for a long time yeah, and, and when i got the book i was looking through here and i'm like tony did you even write in this thing i i have one letter one letter the editor's note right right so Tony is the publisher. Yeah. Right? With uh, Delight and Disorder Ministries, our nonprofit. Yes. But really, yeah. he's given voice to so many people through this. Right. And I, I will tell you, whenever I opened this up and, and saw my name and Jen's name, I, for whatever reason, it hadn't really dawned on me that I was going to be you know, published again. I've been published for you know, almost 15 years and it just kind of like soaked in and I was just incredibly grateful to be able to 
to share my story in, in this book with so many other people who were, you know, willing to be vulnerable and, uh, you know, have written the kind of letters that I think a lot of people just are afraid to write, you know, because, because mm-hmm. the, the topic is, is in many cases about serious mental illness. It's intense. And, you know, hope in the title is taken very seriously by everyone who wrote. There are some, you know, trigger warnings with, you know, graphic depictions of um, self-harm and, you know, but overall, even the ones that have lost loved ones due to suicide, the overall theme is celebrating life and celebrating identity um, and really sharing from the heart a, uh, um, that, uh, this struggle, uh, and it is a dear, deep struggle for everyone, um, whether it be a serious mental illness or, you know, most of the entries are from people with, uh, and their loved ones, schizophrenia, schizoaffective, uh, disorder, bipolar, and major depression, Mm -hmm. but a few others with anxiety disorder, uh, you know, um, yes, other, other, uh, mental conditions. Yeah. So it was just, it was a thrill to work on. I, I don't think I'm going to do it again anytime <laughs> soon. I, I told my, uh, well, what I, I was telling yeah. Tony, we, uh, we got to go to an IU basketball game oh, last yes. Friday. And I, I was telling yes. Tony on the way back that just this, invitation for people to write like this is pretty unique. And I, I think, you, you know, with the response you had, what a lot of people want to be doing, you know, see a need for. And I, I think you're going to have a lot of readers who appreciate people who are willing to make these kind of, um, yeah. you know, written, you know, love letters more or less. Right. Um, and I, I think as an organization, it's worth exploring how can you keep this keep up, maybe momentum, not right. for publishing, maybe but, not I mean, in a print you, you could have people, you could have podcast episodes yep. of people reading a letter yep. or having spouses be in dialogue, you yep. know, things of that nature are incredibly important. I, I was reading, a a book recently uh, about it's about environmental work, uh-huh. but it was speaking about recovery narratives and how important it is to tell the story of loss, but then all that is, you know, left to recover, to to heal, to uh, yeah, honor, right? Absolutely. And, and I, I mean, I, I think recovery narratives and mental health are certainly you know, something you're doing here. Yeah. And I, I, I guess I just encourage you and the organization to consider how to give more people. Voice yeah. Whether it be thing. like you said, whether it be through, uh, the blog, the, um, the podcast, the, you know, an ebook follow up. Mm-hmm. Uh, the book is currently available in Kindle and print. We are in discussion with, readers professional readers to make a very 
good audible version mm-hmm. in the coming year. Uh, so it's not going to disappear. <laughs> and, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, the the first edition, if you will, has already run its course. We've we sold about 250 between sales and distribution. And uh, I placed another order for stocking viewpoints shelves. And it is available on Amazon in the the hardcover and the um, Kindle version. It should also be said that the profits from this are going to be distributed. That's right. It'll right? be three mental health causes, NAMI, um, National Alliance on Mental Illness, through their Indiana chapter. Uh, we wanted to, to have a grassroots uh, connection in mm-hmm. NAMI, Indiana is close to the heart of many on our board, um, but will carry out the work of NAMI. Treatment Advocacy Center, which is a nationwide um, advocacy center that deals with um, legislation and research and uh, uh, casework, essentially, helping mm-hmm. people navigate the legal system. Yes. And then our nonprofit, Delight and Disorder Ministries. Yes. Three very worthy causes. Thank you. Thank you very much. And, you know, the, that in itself is, you know, I'm going to talk about this tomorrow night on a podcast that I'm on, Three Moms in, uh, in the Trenches, um, you know, that was very intentional. We may only make a few dollars on this book, but to bring the three causes together mm-hmm. and people who wrote for the book represent each group. Yes. You know, and uh, there, there can be bad blood between one advocacy group and another mm-hmm. because they don't feel they're saying the right words or right. they're not doing the right, the right things. <laughs> you know, I won't go into all the frustration I've had, uh, but people know what I'm talking about who are advocates. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, we're just ignoring all that. You know, we're not going to play politics. We're just going to work with the people who have the passion right. for NAMI, TAC, and Didman. And, and we're going to help each organization carry out their work together um, better. Yes. So. Yeah, we, we had a, a, an idea on the podcast of kind of a, a subset of um, what we called Healing Stories. Mm-hmm. And Amy Carey and Paul mm-hmm. Currington, who are uh, both writers mm-hmm. right um submitted you know podcasts that were healing stories and i i see this book in the same light yeah you know? and we're talking about advocacy you know at the right. end of the day we're talking about people that we want to support right and, and there might be debates over what's the best way to do mm-hmm. that but at the end of the day i think you and your ministry is just trying to get into those human relationships yeah. and, you know, 
helping people bond through this and, and, and heal, you know? And, and I think all the advocacy groups can agree that stories of individuals in the trenches or if mm -hmm. you want to call them or whatever are the most effective advocacy, right? You know, whether it's done at a, a hearing of Senate, you yeah. know, at a Senate hearing or whether it's done by Mayim Blalick, you know, Amy on Big Bang Theory in front of a, a whole convention center. Mm. Uh, you know, wherever it's happening, when you stick with the stories and tell what, you know, where, where people have, I mean, NAMI's had a long time program in our own voices mm -hmm. and they have family yes. to family and they have uh, crisis intervention training you know, where you share your story. Mm -hmm. um, and I wanted to add one dimension to that, which is you share your love story. I, an initial title for this book had the word love story in it. Mm. And, uh, I took it out because people were, it was too intimate. Yeah. It was, you know, people were like, hmm, you know, I don't know if I want to go into you that. Know, Jen and, and I were recruited during that stage. Yes, you were so recruited. And we, we, we wrote love you, letters to each other. You wrote that, with, which was wonderful. And there were those that did, but some of them were, were not submitting because they thought it was only going to be romance mm, and not yes. to your child or to your, to God or to, you know. Yeah. And, and so there's a lot of themes of, of gratitude. Yes. Of encouragement. Um, and some anger. There's, yeah. you know, there's, there's only one we had to, and I won't go into, you know, but, you know, not that we took everything out because anger is, part of the relationship. Mm. But uh, certainly I wrote back and said, you know, where's your hope? Where Where's your hope in us? Right. We wanted to stick with, with that. Game back to the title. And it came... Hope for Troubled Minds. Came, Tri tributes to those with brain illnesses and their loved ones. Yeah. And I want to thank a couple people right off the bat. I'm looking at the... Cover and Katie Dale. If those of you have your book and you want to look at the cover, Katie, it wasn't entirely original. She found a stock image that she took and adapted to convey a meaning. And it's really more than one meaning. Uh, people have given me their interpretation, like good art. You know, it's good, um, open to the in interpretation of the, of the viewer, or the one experiencing it. Uh, Della Dickey as well. She was the webmaster who collected the stories. And also when we came time to distribute books for free to the contributors and sell books pre-order at a discount, uh, she was invaluable in in doing that. Mm -hmm. uh, Janet Coburn was our line item editor. Uh, did a yeoman's job on short notice. Um, and Leanne Sipe, who did the formatting. And I'm told by people who know formatting, her work for 
the Kindle version as well as the print is just right on. And she doesn't have much experience, but I've known Leanne since my first book. Mm -hmm. And she, um, she has so much experience doing books and you know, that what she didn't know, she, she knew where to go to find out. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, let's talk a little bit about. Yeah. Go ahead. You had something. Uh, I I just wanted to say, you know, I I met Tony in probably 2014. 2014. In 2014, when he was just getting ready to release his first book, you know, and here I am sitting across from him as he's just released his his third book. And, And it's just, it's really. It's really cool to know an author like Tony Roberts. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, I'm not retiring from writing. I, I yeah. already have a book in mind. I can't reveal the the topic yet because uh, it's it's going to be another collaboration, but not on this scale. But uh, I need to talk with my collaborators right. first. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. Yes. So... Wanted to talk about the uh, the IU basketball game. Oh, there you go. That's what uh, we need to talk about. We uh, we went on on Friday night to, yep. to Bloomington, Indiana. Thank you, Adela and Bill Dickey. Yes. So Adela from the uh, the board of Delight and Disorder Ministries and her husband are members of the Varsity Club of uh, Indiana University, and so we got really a pretty special treatment. Yeah, we got a spread of food and got to view, uh, what was that first building we went to? I, the I don't Cook know. Cook Hall. Cook, Cook Hall. Oh, Cook Hall. Yeah, the, the practice facility. Practice facility, and they had a, a wonderful display of uh, posters or, or paintings or, or photographs or whatever, and uh, a like, lot of history. Like, like a, IU Hall of Famers, yeah, uh, photos were in there. They had the five national championship trophies yeah. right there, right when you walk in. Yeah. We got to hear from the cheerleaders. We and had Landon a Turner pep talk from a former player. Got to hear the the deets, <clears throat> uh, pregame details from an assistant coach. Yeah, yeah, and we got to score more points than them. <laughs> <laughs> no, there there's some detail. Uh, well, their point guard, Xavier Johnson, we learned he wasn't eligible to play. For, right. Uh, uh, and you I, I had lost the last three games that I had been to. That's right. The we last three break. home losses for IU I had been at. So I was not a good luck curse. charm. But Tony had not been to a game <laughs> since 1969. <laughs> I hadn't been to a game since like February of 2023. <laughs> <laughs> so it was different. Somebody somebody asked me what uh, what was different about '69 and '23, and um, the uh, the court was a lot smaller. I mean, as as a four year old child oh, right. you know, walking up to the balcony and looking down, I I was just. I was scared for one thing. I was so high up, right? And uh, 
this time we had great seats just off of half court yeah. on the side that the Hoosiers bench was on. Right. Um, they won a big game over Maryland that they had to win first game of the Big Ten season. Uh, they had they answered a lot of questions. Trey Galloway, in in particular, I had predicted that he would have a step up game, and he did, and um, just all around good game, good experience. It it was first class treatment. Yeah, it, it, I've been to a lot of games. I've never been to Cook Hall. It was just so much fun. Yeah. So Adela. Thank you so much. Yeah. We, we got to go on the court and get some pictures taken before the game. It was it was nice. It was we'll so have good. to post that on our. On we'll our, make that picture of the uh, yeah the, that that's the right for the episode here. That was good. So I mentioned that Eric is going to continue his high cast. Let's talk a little bit about what that because it's been about a year since. You went to St. Minerads, right? Yes. Say some about that. Right. So a, a year ago, I went uh, on a just a personal retreat. I, I try to do this about once a year. And during that time, I started writing essays about haiku that I've written. And I just thought it was a nice way of packaging up... Um, you know, why certain haiku are really important to me. You know, I'll, I'll write one about my experience on Silver Lake, for example. And uh, something about it was I, I'd missed podcasting, and I was thinking, what could I do that's just much shorter content creation that would still be meaningful for me and hopefully impactful for the audience? And... Tony invited me to to start contributing at the beginning of 2023, and I, I just released uh, the the 10th one of the year. So we so we came up with 10 through through the year, and we have yet to promote that. We're gonna, I'm going to promote that probably even starting tonight as of this recording, and um, but it is available. Our um, yeah, it, it, you know, it really suits me because I'm more of a storyteller. I'm not, mm. I mean, I write some poetry, but, um, poetry that's more in narrative form and yeah. t- tells a story. And that's what I like about the, and what, what is the, it, it's loosely the form of a, what's called a high bun in, yeah. in Japanese poetry uh-huh. where you combine prose and poetry. Right. And yeah. It gives background and the, um, you know, some very meaningful ones came up this year. The one about your grandfather. And, oh, yeah. You know, that was very moving. Uh, yeah. Really, you know, the one about Jen and the labyrinth. And, yeah, there was one. I was like, Tony, I want to release this on my anniversary. Yes. And so we get all sorted out, you know, and... Uh, I've got like a anniversary date planned and my plan was to queue up the episode for Jen as we were going on our date. But, you know, before we left, uh, Jen's like, you know, Tony uh, just posted on Facebook that you had done this uh, 
podcast about our relationship. <laughs> and I'm like, in fact, I did. <laughs> yeah, so much the cat's out of the bag. Well, you need to share that with me before I... Yeah, I know. Yeah. I know. But no, it was a wonderful episode. Really, everyone has been... And I like that, the personal side of, of what poetry is all about because, you mm-hmm. know, poetry really is a very intimate form of, of literature, I think. It, it can be. It can be abstract and mm-hmm. not so personal, but, you know, yes. to me, the poetry I am moved by the most is, is personal. And when you get the, yeah. the story... I think if uh, I publish again, it could very well be a collection yeah. of haiku with some of these essays in there as well. Yeah, um, I, I've thought about that. I just you know need to get more of these under my belt and sure. start thinking about that at some point in time. Sure. Um, I also wanted to say on the topic of poetry this year, uh, we've been participating in spoken uh, word nights here in columbus at hotel indigo we've been to a number of these monthly ones we've both been featured as the poet of the yeah of the day or of the the month poet of the month that's been really good the columbus area arts council this year for their annual fundraiser had a theme of uh, flourishing through art and a lot of the uh the speakers at the event and the, the theme of the fundraising then was for uh, Mental Health Matters, which is a new initiative here in town uh, that just launched at the beginning of this year. Um, and so it, it's been really nice to see the Arts Council weave mental health advocacy into their work. The local um, Columbus Symphony Orchestra had an entire evening dedicated to talking about mental health mm-hmm. uh, earlier this year. Um, so it's really good, you know, and you never know how these things come to be, but I've got to think some of the advocacy work that, you know, we've helped start here yes. in town ha- has helped contribute to well, that. Well, I tell you a big person I just had lunch with today, Debbie Tyke. Yes. Uh, she was actually motivated by an an episode we did with Leslie Carpenter, who's mm-hmm. just a fireball in Iowa, and recently accepted a position at Treatment Advocacy Center. Good. And um, Debbie was inspired by this episode of Leslie's advocacy and some of the legislation she talked about, and she learned about anosognosia at that episode. Yes. And, um, and Debbie now, I mean, have done so much for Columbus and the right. state of Indiana. Well, our, our NAMI affiliate was the affiliate of the year for the That's state right. of Indiana. And That's Debbie right. Tyke was the volunteer big, of the year. Big, so, big impact. Thank and, you, Debbie. Um, so, uh, and, and there's an episode that we had of, with Debbie this year, I think, or last it was recently. Uh, a couple of years ago. A couple of years, okay. Her husband, Pastor Tyke, Mark Tyke, was one of our first guests. Yeah. Probably back in 2018, too. So we're not going to lose the Columbus tie. Um, you know, we will We will still feature good work. They 
recently Judge Rody, who was also a guest mm-hmm. um, of our podcast a while back, I heard news that there's uh, at least the beginnings of an exploration into a mental health court. Right, that's happening, right? Um, yes. Which I think is further along than I may be suggesting, but I think it's uh, it's going to happen. That's moving forward. Definitely. Yeah. There's a new recovery cafe in new town. Our cafe. friend Jeff Bradley right. is helping with that initiative. The Stride Center, right. which is a sort of a drop-in center. You, you don't really get housed there, but you can uh, get on your feet after a a bad transition with mental health uh, uh, crisis. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so it it's it's growing. Um, really thankful for that. Uh, this Mental Health Matters initiative has asked people to be ambassadors, and I was invited uh, to, to join that group of about 40 people, and we had our first training last week. Wow. Um, now, 40 people, is that, is that state of Indiana? Or that's it's here in Columbus. Columbus, this, Indiana. Yeah. Yeah, it, wow. It, it, this is the first year for this community initiative. It's yeah. still very much um, in development. Uh, some of that meeting was really kind of being a sounding board for uh-huh. some of their you know, mission and vision and outreach elements they're wanting to, uh, to achieve. Uh, so it, it's really cool to be able to help shape that a bit here nice. in, in early stage. Let me ask you a question, Eric. Uh, one thing I do, and I think you do this as well. Uh, each year you either pick a, uh, or maybe I got this from Josh Burnett. You pick a word or a verse to be your key focus for the year. Mm. Have you ever done that? I have. Yeah. Do you have one yet? Or have you? For next year? For next year. it's We're getting near 2024. I, I For my work last week, we had a, a team meeting. We were supposed to think about our intentions for next year. And I, I did write a haiku. Okay. And it was... Um, it was about mental health matters. Uh, yeah. Mental health matters. What did I write? Go outside to get insights. Uh-huh. We're all right here. We're all right here. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. The word I've come up with is deliberate, which I'm using both as a noun and a verb. Deliberate or deliberate. Mm. And I'm uh, looking, be still and know that I am God. It's my focus oh first. yes that's very uh, good we've mentioned that i'm going to be moving to new york to a tiny house i'll be surrounded by my family um, especially the first i moved this saturday which as we're recording this it's december 9 um and uh especially for the winter which in the adirondacks lasts through march uh, I uh, will be slowing down and deliberating on my life purpose, my uh, my health, mm-hmm. my family relations, because this is really like a redemptive opportunity for me. Because, sad to say, 
I was not that involved in my in my children's upbringing. But now I have five grandchildren, mm-hmm. ages one to nine. Wow. Uh, when the nine-year-old just turned nine yesterday. And, uh, Do they still call you Hat Paul? Well... <laughs> <laughs> that, was, that, that was her her invention. She's a very uh, imaginative. I always wore hats, and she called me Hat Paw. But uh, pretty much all of them have have come up with Grandpa Roberts. Yeah. Uh, so uh, we've got that name. Um, but um, I will definitely be focusing on family and. Uh, I'm not giving up writing, but I'm letting go of my PC and will just write more with pen and paper. Uh, and then we'll still be a, a little involved with social media on my phone or, mm-hmm. or tablet. Um, but it, it'll be a much slowed down pace. Yes. Much more deliberate. I like that. Yeah. I like that a lot. It's good to intentionally go into spaces with, you know, an intention to experience it as a redemptive experience. And one of the ways I'll be doing it is I'm retiring from driving. Mm -hmm. And so if I want to go somewhere outside the farm, this 85-acre sheep farm, then I'll have to plan it. Right. You know, but there's plenty of mostly Mennonite neighbors who Mm -hmm. drive Mennonites drive Amish drive horse and buggies or ride that. But, um, and I'll give them a little gas money and, you know, chip in for, for a ride and go to my appointments and, uh, probably start in the spring going to a NAMI, um, uh, affiliate, Mm -hmm. get involved there. Maybe at during the winter, I think a lot of their meetings will probably be Zoom anyway, because the snow is, there is not quite as bad as Buffalo. But yes. It, yeah. Tony, now you did say that you're moving into a tiny house with a tiny desk <laughs> to write tiny letters. <laughs> yes. Yes. So my the the house is people creep keep asking me square feet and I've, I've forgotten the notes, but, um, it's essentially the main room where all the happening is, yeah, <laughs> is yeah. roughly 11 by 17. Um, the, then there is a, a tiny bathroom and the bedroom's big enough for a queen size bed and a dresser. So, uh, what but, else do you need? I know, but I, um, I, I, my son-in-law who's, who has already furnished the tiny house mm-hmm. found a small, it's essentially a computer desk with, um, on the side of the road. So he got it for free and it hasn't mildewed or, you know, it's, right. it's kept its quality and I will, my plan is to write letters longhand cursive to people and then um you know seasonally maybe i don't know how often but i'll copy them and send them to a mailing list that i get so i have your address yeah 
I, I look forward to getting that. Yeah. We are having one last going away party for Tony on Wednesday. I'll be at my parents' house. And we've invited some faithful friends from our, our ministry. We, yeah. we were talking about maybe doing a podcast from there. <laughs> as, as I've thought about this, we, you know, we'll have this recording, but maybe we'll give people the opportunity to uh, say a final to farewell. say some things that we could share on this episode, too. Yeah. That, that, that'd be fun. Eric's dad, uh, Bruce, has been my chauffeur as I've gone around to um, all the places where I have to finish business before I leave town. Mm -hmm. And we've, uh, I've treated him every day to, uh, Jill's diner, which is where Eric and I first met. Yeah. Um, we, we have usually a brunch cause he's not an early morning <laughs> <No>. riser. <laughs> usually we get there by 11 yeah, yeah. Uh, and have a late brunch. Uh, and then get errands done. Yeah. So I appreciate that. And Bart Jones as well. He's he, he's even a later riser. So here I am kind of chomping at the bit to get my errands done. <laughs> but, you got a lot of friends, Tony. A lot of people are going to miss you. But we, I think I speak from all when we say we're very happy for you. Thank you. To go on this uh, deliberate, redemptive mission. Yes. That's a good, that's a good phrase. I'll have to borrow that. Yeah, yeah, and thanks for the book here. Thank you for Absolutely. giving Jen and I the opportunity to contribute to yeah. this. <laughs> <laughs> you have yes. your copy. Yes. Did you get two copies? I've, I've got a copy. You and Jen did. Did you each get? A we copy? have one. We only need one. Okay, it's fine. Okay, it's fine. Well, very good. Yeah. So so uh, I'll see you Wednesday. That's right. And, and dear listeners, it's good to be back on the show. And uh, thank you all for, for being with us for so many uh, episodes over the last five and a half years. Thank you. I'd like to wrap this episode by answering the question, what does Tony mean to me? Tony has been in my life for nearly a decade, and I met him only weeks after my most recent hospitalization uh, when I was dealing with severe depression and suicidal ideation. Uh, I've not been hospitalized since that time, and a lot of it, I think, has to do with my relationship with Tony Roberts, for uh, my prayer life with him, for the ministry we started, for uh, the encouragement he has given me to be transparent about my own mental health struggles and my bipolar diagnosis. Uh, I've just had uh, an immense amount of healing, and as I've said multiple times on this podcast, uh, just feeling restored into community, um, to not uh, be full of self-stigma and uh, isolating myself, but to uh, uh, you know boldly um, serve people as best I can, 
uh, with my condition, uh, despite my condition, uh, because of my condition. You are a faithful friend and in absolute delight to so many people. Thank you for being a source of joy in my life and a source of inspiration.